Welcome, everybody, to our weekly podcast, Lucy's Parsha, as Parsha Shlach. Today's episode, again, will be dedicated in memory of Mr. Harold Pasternak, Herschel Ben David, father of our good friend Michael Pasternak. The portion this week talks about the sec- though, very sad, the tragic tale of the, of the spies, the Miraglim. The Jewish people pressured Moshe to send spies to scout out the land of Israel before they enter into the promised land. And although Hashem was not thrilled with the idea itself, he felt that it would be would have a negative impact, but he said if they wanted to send it, he would allow them to send it. But beware of the repercussions. What that means to say is that had they not sent scouts out, they were, Hashem promised them that he would be with there. He, he would be with them. He would be able to help them out and he would he would actually take care of the of conquering the land for them. But now that they wanted to rely more on natural causes and, and, and natural 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 causes, they want to, they want to rely on, on natural means of, of conquering the land. So they would be they would they'd be held up to a different standard a little bit. They would see things perhaps that they would be able to misinterpret, which is exactly what happened. Torah tells us when they went to the land of Eretz Yisrael, they saw very powerful, very powerful country. People were very powerful. They saw giants over there. The land was very well fortified. And they saw fruits that were tremendous, big, humongous fruits. The rabbis tell us that it took eight people, eight of the spies, to carry one cluster of grapes. And one person carried a, a pomegranate, one carried a fig. That's how big the fruits were. When they came back to Moshe, they said, you know, indeed, we saw the land, and like you said, indeed, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful land. It's Eretz Zavas Vash. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. And behold, here are the fruits. However, Ephes, however, the nation is so powerful, so strong, and the cities are so well fortified, and we saw the different types of giants over there, Bottom line, they said it's impossible for us to ever be able to conquer that land. The Ramban says the word Ephes means. Ephes means it's impossible for us to conquer such a land like that. And therefore they cried that night, and that's and that was the unfortunately that was the prelude to their, their, their necessity to stay the punishment. They would stay in the desert 40 years. All the people that left Egypt would not be allowed to enter into the land of Israel. They would, they would die out in the desert. And ultimately, that will be that day that they cried will be a day of, of tragedy and retribution for the Jewish people throughout history. Tishabov, the destruction of the first temple, the second Beis the city of Beitar, and many, many other different types of tragedies throughout Jewish history. We have to really try to understand, though, what exactly was the sin of the spies that was so bad. Moshe did tell them, "Take a look at the land and see, see what, see what you can tell. Bring us back a report." Tell them if you see a hechazaku, a rafa, is it strong or is it is it weak? The people there are many, are they few? As a city itself that they see, is it well fortified or is it not well fortified? They came back, they brought back the report what they saw. Did you expect them to lie? What did, they, what did exactly Moshe want from them? I mean, granted, maybe they shouldn't have sent the spies initially, but once Moshe gave them permission to send the spies, they came back, they brought back exactly the report they were supposed to. So what is it exactly the severity of the sin that the punished the people are punished so severely? The commentaries deal with this question and several answers offered. Bhorshar says that the sin was that whereas Moshe told them 
he wanted to check out the land to see how they would be able to conquer it. To, to strategize exactly what's the best place to be to come in, how they should go, what they should do exactly. There was never any question about the fact that they wouldn't be able to conquer the land. It was just how to conquer the land. The people came back, and rather than giving their news report, they gave an editorial. They said, we can't do it. It's too difficult for us. It's impossible for us to be able to conquer the land. Therein lay the sin. The Balakeda gives an example. He says, imagine somebody sends, a, a, he sends his friend, do me a favor, I'd like to buy a coat. Go take a look at the coat and tell me about the coat. I want to tell me if, if, it's, if it's good quality, the color, the price. Tell me, let me, I want you to tell me a little bit about what you see over there because I'm, I'm interested in buying the coat. So the fellow comes back and says, I, look, I checked the coat out. Indeed, it's very good quality. Color is very nice quality. Very, the color is nice color also. It's on the pricey side, but it's a, it seems like a good coat. Certainly, the person fulfilled his mission. He was told to bring back information about the coat, and that's exactly what he did. However, let's say he comes back and says, I checked the coat out. It's a nice coat, good quality. It's a, the, the, it's a nice color also. However, it's very expensive. I don't think it's worth it. Now, here, this person did not fulfill his mission. He wasn't asked to give his judgment. Do you think it's a good buy or not a good buy? He was asked to bring back the information. Whereas instead of just bringing the information, he gave his opinion also. That's not what the person that sent it was interested in. He already told him that he's interested in buying the coat regardless. He just wanted to know exactly the information about the coat. That's the same thing over here too. Moshe sent them for the information about the land. He didn't tell them to editorialize. He didn't ask them, ask them for their opinion. We don't think we should go. We think it's better off going back to Egypt rather than going into the promised land. That's why Hashem was so angry at them. Another interpretation about Barbanel, he seems to say that the sin was the fact that they exaggerated. Say so we saw giants over there. Indeed, maybe they saw three giants, the Pussy tells us. The Torah tells us the names of these three people that they saw. That, uh, but that, that was all they saw. That doesn't mean the whole, whole country is a country of giants. And similarly, it says when they were, they were a strong and powerful people, they made it sound like they were so strong and so powerful, there's no way to overcome these people. And the cities, there's no way of being able to overcome, to be able to break through the, the, the strong barriers around the city. That's not what they saw. The sin was that they exaggerated. But perhaps let's take a little book, another, another look exactly what the sin might have been. They came back and brought back what you might call a truthful report. The word truth, or MS in Torah, how do you understand that? What exactly does truth mean? How do we define MS? Most people probably would say, well, if we say something like it is, that is truthful, that's MS. But that may not always be the case. MS, we say the rabbis tell us, God's Name is this, is the seal of truth is God's name. Truth is something that comes from Hashem. When we want to define something, we want to be able to analyze something, take a look at something. You think about it, most of our opinions are formed by a variety of, of different means, primarily sensory perception. For example, I see a table in front of me. It looks like a table, or you're not gonna, it sounds like a table. It feels like a table, and therefore I'll tell you that it's a table. It makes sense. Logically, it makes sense that if it looks like it, and it sounds like it, and it feels like it, 
It probably is a table. And that's how we perceive most things in life, through sensory perception. Now, we all realize, of course, sensory sensory perception is not infallible. People see optical illusions all the time. It looks like something, a mirage, but it's not. We can hear something and think it sounds like something that we're familiar with, but we get a little closer, we see that that wasn't the case at all. Touch all the different senses. All the senses, they give us somewhat of an idea, but it's not clear. We can't really base knowledge on sensory perception. How else can we do it, though? Certainly, we have to use our mind, our intellect, but our intellect is strongly influenced by sensory perception. And that's sometimes that's the only way we can determine, determine truth, by using sensory perception also. In court, we take a look, we see the witnesses, for example, we listen to what the witnesses tell us, etc. That's how the judge is going to make a determination. Truth, however, ultimate truth is that which comes from the Almighty, from Hashem. If Hashem tells us something, that makes it truth, and that makes it correct, therefore. Regardless of any sensory perception, regardless of what it looks like or it tastes like or it feels like, if Hashem tells me something, I know that is ultimately truth. Saying something over just because it might be the thing that happened doesn't necessarily make it truth. For example, husband comes home and his wife asks for his opinion, what do you think about my new outfit? The husband doesn't really care for it. He doesn't think it looks very nice at all, as a matter of fact. But if he's going to tell her that I think it looks disgusting, that's going to be the beginning of, of, of a tremendous, of, of a big fight. She's asking, she'll ask him, how can you say such a thing? He said, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a very honest person. I only tell the truth. That's exactly what I think. That's not going to be much of an excuse. It's not going to get him too far. That might appear to be truth. It might appear to be MS, but that's not the case at all. That's just a subjective opinion. And there can be many things like that. And the laws of Lashon Hara, laws of evil speech and gossip, the Chavetz Chaim tells us quite clearly that Lashon Hara is defined by something which is MS, something which is true. Yet despite the fact that it might be true, nevertheless, that's not permitted to say it over. Not only that, the Chavetz Chaim tells us, if a person finds himself in a situation, somebody asks him a question, that the answer is going to be Lashon Hara, give me something negative about another person. In certain circumstances, it might be permissible to bend the truth, to say a little bit of a white lie, in order to avoid saying Lashon Hara. In that situation, the white lie is MS, it's true. Because that's what that's what the Torah requires of us. In the in the in the scope of things, the white lie is less severe, less trouble troubling than lashon hara, which might quote unquote the truth. That's how we understand a clarity of a clarification of what 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 it really means. Truth. The sin of the spies was the fact that what they said they thought it might have been true. They said over what they saw but it was wrong. What they saw was only marked by their own personal prejudices. They had, they, what they saw, they saw people dying, for example. They said, oh, it's an Eretz Achilles Yoshvehi. It's a land that devours its inhabitants. The reality is, the Almighty made that certain people died that day in order that the people, the occupants of the country, would be so busy taking care of them they wouldn't notice the spies. It was for their actually for their benefit. But instead of understanding that, they came back and said, Oh, it's a land that devours its inhabitants. They may have seen people dying, that's true, but that doesn't make it MS, that doesn't make it true. 
They saw people that looked very powerful and strong, and they see the city seemed very well fortified. They said, they're, they're, they're fortified cities. It's a city. It's a place that's impossible to break through. It's wrong. It's true. It appeared to be perhaps fortified. People appeared to be giants. They said, we, were, we were felt like grasshoppers in front of them. That's all subjective. It's all basing themselves in their perception, not in reality. The reality is, if a Kodesh Baruch of the Almighty is on your side helping you, the most powerful person is nothing. It's like, it's like, it's like they can be just pushed over like a piece of paper. The strongest cities, the most well-fortified cities, with the Almighty's help, a person can break through like nothing. We can't be fooled by what we see, by our sensory perception. That's a mistake. The mistake of the Miraga, the mistake of the, mistake of the spies, was the fact that they based their whole report what they thought, what they perceived, not as per the truth, not as per the emes. And that's what was a sin. The sin was the fact that they said over, they didn't say over what was truly emes, the truth. Emes lamito, the rabbis referred to. Truth for the sake of truth. The rabbis tell us in the beginning that the, the Smaragdim, the spies, should have taken note in last week's Torah portion where Miriam spoke negatively about Moshe and how severely she was punished. Again, there too, Miriam didn't say anything that was untrue. She said you know, that she was a prophet too, as was Aaron, and there was no reason for Moshe to be able to separate from his wife. And she said the things she said may have been correct in what she perceived, but it was wrong. The Almighty said that even though it's true she was a prophetess and Aaron was a prophet, but it was very different than the prophecy of Moshe. Moshe was the Av Hanavim, the father of prophets who preceded him and that came after him. That part of the equation was missing. She said what she perceived, what she saw, and that was, that was Lashon Hara, and for that she was punished. The spies should have seen what took place, what happened with Miriam. They should have taken the lesson for themselves also, the realization that our, our mindset and a clarification as far as what MS, what truth is, is not contingent upon our perception, what we see, what we perceive, but only as per what's the will of Hashem. What is it that Hashem tells me? That's why we refer to Torah as a Torah's emes. Torah is a Torah of truth. Torah tells us what the opinion of God is. It tells us what the will of God is. Only after we understand the will of Hashem, the will of the Almighty, then we have a clarity of emes, of truth. And that's where we're supposed to live our lives. Have a great Shabbos, everybody, and we hope to see you again next week. Ever think about starting your own podcast? The Maverick Podcasting Network makes creating and running your podcast easy and fun. Visit maverickpodcasting.com to get started today.